0: welcome to lose lips all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it today's topic is ukraine has more than proved that they are a valuable asset to nato now ukraine has been seeking to join nato for more than a decade the recent escalation of tensions with russia which annexed Crimea in 2014 and supports separatists in Eastern Ukraine, has increased the urgency of this aspiration. But what would it mean for Ukraine and the region if it became a member of the military alliance? Now, NATO is a collective defense organization that was actually founded in 1949 to counter the Soviet Union threat during the cold war now i think it currently has around 30 members mostly from a europe and north america that pledge to defend each other in the case of an attack nato also engages in political and military cooperation crisis management and partnerships with other countries and organizations now it's interesting to note that Ukraine has actually been a partner of NATO since 1997 and actually participates in many joint exercises and missions. It also contributes uh, troops to NATO-led organizations and operations in Afghanistan, Kosovo, and Iraq. Now, in 2008, NATO agreed that Ukraine will actually become a member in the future, but did not offer a clear roadmap or timeline. Ukraine formally applied for this membership in 2016, but the actual process has been stalled by several factors, including domestic reforms, public opinion, and Russian opposition. Now one of the main benefits of joining NATO for Ukraine would be the security guarantee that comes with Article 5 of the treaty which actually states that an attack on one member is an attack on all members of NATO. This would deter further Russian aggression and provide Ukraine with more military and political support from its allies. It would also boost Ukraine's integration with the West and its democratic development. However, there are also significant challenges and risks involved in Ukraine's bid for NATO membership. First, Ukraine has to meet certain criteria and standards to qualify for the alliance, such as strengthening its democratic institutions, fighting corruption, reforming its defense sector, and resolving its territorial disputes. These are not easy tasks and require time, resources, and political will. Now, I think it's interesting to stop here for a moment. Now, if being in NATO means that you need to end fighting corruption and resolving territory disputes, You will have noticed that during this war, Turkey became an, I'm not even gonna say an ally, but he wasn't opposed to doing business with Putin. And Turkey, President Erdogan, has one of the, another corrupt country. So you actually have a member of NATO That is actually corrupt. So I don't think, granted, you know, it's a war and everything. And, you know, President Zelensky of Ukraine is trying his best in a very short amount of time to get his country in order so that he can join NATO, hopefully, fast tracked. So Ukraine also has to convince all NATO, all of the existing NATO members to approve its accession, which requires unanimous decision. Some countries may be reluctant to accept Ukraine because of the potential consequences for their relations with Russia or their own security interest. For example, Germany and France have expressed concerns about provoking Russia and escalating the conflict in Eastern Ukraine. But you know what, honestly, I think all of that is probably out the window right now because this, this war, which Putin thought was gonna last for about three days, is now over into what, a year and a half at this point. And I do believe that now a lot of people are saying that not only must Russia and Putin be stopped, I don't think they cared so much about, you know, pissing him off, so to speak, because he's pissed everyone else off at this point. Ukraine also has to deal with the possible backlash from Russia, but you know what, they already have which sees NATO as an expansion as a threat to its own national security and regional influence. Russia has repeatedly warned that it would not tolerate Ukraine joining NATO and has threatened to take countermeasures. These could include increasing its military presence and pressure on Ukraine's borders, intensifying its support for the separatists that used to be in Donbass are even launching a full-scale invasion as far as i'm concerned i think putin has already launched a full-scale invasion not only has he conscripted so many of the males in russia i think at this point they're actually almost desperate for anybody to go onto the front line pretty soon the oligarchs and the elite or whatever they're gonna have to send their sons and daughters in there and you know what that's gonna piss a lot of people off and maybe that's what is needed for them to stop this war. And not only that, I don't think, I think in the beginning NATO was very concerned about pissing, you know, Putin um, off and everything. But I think at this point, no one cares what he thinks anymore. No one really cares. Therefore, Ukraine's path to NATO is not so straightforward or simple. It requires careful balancing of its strategic interest, domestic reforms, international diplomacy, and regional stability. While joining NATO may be a long-term goal for Ukraine, it is not a panache for its security problems are a shortcut to peace. This is a question that many people are asking, especially after the recent tensions between Russia and Ukraine over the disputed territory of Crimea. NATO because it's a military alliance of 30 countries that formed after world war ii since ukraine is not a member of nato and has expressed a desire to join the alliance in the future i think it's important that we move swiftly with this not only to let Putin know that he's not going to win, but also to further integrate Ukraine into a NATO membership and even strengthening. I think Ukraine would strengthen NATO because of the threat that Russia has made on not just Ukraine, but on Germany, France, Poland, all of those regions. However, Russia sees Ukraine as part of its sphere of influence and opposes this integration with NATO. But you know what? That's out the window. The situation actually escalated in April 2021, when Russia amassed tens of thousands of troops near the border with Ukraine, raising fears of a possible invasion. The US and its allies expressed their support for Ukraine sovereignty and territorial integrity and warned Russia of serious consequences if it provoked a war. Russia at that time eventually withdrew some of its forces, but tensions remained high. So when Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, This followed a controversial referendum that was not recognized by most of the international community. Since then, there has been a conflict in eastern Ukraine between pro-Russian separatist and Ukrainian forces with both sides accusing each other of violating a ceasefire agreement. So you have to understand when Russia annexed Crimea in 2014, even though the international community did not accept that Crimea is now part of Russia, what they did was they started sending a whole bunch of their, you know, military and, you know, their own governors and their own mayors to that basically pro pro-Russia pro-Putin people were now installed in in, um, Crimea. But at the time, Ukraine couldn't do anything about it. They were peaceful people. They didn't have an army, they didn't have weapons. So what they did since 2014 was prepare and build up so that there, there would be more available to respond the next time it happened. So what would happen if Ukraine actually join NATO, do you think it would trigger a World War III? The answer is not simple as there are many factors and scenarios to actually consider. However, some experts actually believe that the chances of a global war are very low as both sides have strong incentives to avoid a direct confrontation that would escalate into a nuclear exchange. Moreover, NATO has a strict process for admitting new members, which requires consensus among all the existing members and respect for certain criteria, such as democracy, rule of law, and peaceful resolution of disputes. Therefore, it is unlikely that Ukraine would join NATO anytime soon because of the war unless there is a major change in the political and security situation in Europe. That's kind of interesting when you think about it. So if the war ends tomorrow, would Ukraine automatically be admitted? Or would it be, so okay, so suppose Ukraine lost, and then all of a sudden, Russia is now in Belarus, and then he's in Ukraine, and then now he's gonna go into Poland. Is that what it's gonna take for NATO to actually admit Ukraine? I mean, when you think about it, Ukraine needs to be a part of NATO. It definitely needs to be a part of NATO, not only because of its location, but because of their badass army that is going on right now. I mean, for Putin to think that this would be over in three three days and for them to be still going strong a year and a half later, how many armies can you say can actually do that when they did not have an army or even the weaponry? to like fight off what everyone thought was going to be like a really strong military presence, such as Russia, but no one believes that Russia is a good military presence anymore. However, this does not mean that there are no risks or challenges involved. If Ukraine joined NATO, it would increase its security and deterrence against Russia aggression, but it would also provoke a strong reaction from Moscow. But does anyone care what Moscow thinks at this point, which could resort to more covert or hybrid forms of warfare, such as cyber attacks, propaganda, or support for separatist movements. Furthermore, it could also create divisions within NATO itself. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, as some members may be reluctant to commit to defending Ukraine in case of an attack. That's kind of actually interesting. If Ukraine was attacked, would NATO actually respond? I have to I have to think that yes, we would respond. Additionally, it could actually alienate other countries in the region, such as Belarus or Moldova, which may feel threatened by NATO's expansion. Now Belarus has been, and Putin's asked since the very beginning I mean let's be honest about that. Lukashenko needs Putin and Putin needs Lukashenko. Moldova on the other hand, because they've had their own uprisings recently, I think if anything, they're more willing to lean towards the west and if even possible join NATO as opposed to feel threatened that Ukraine is now going to become a NATO, um member therefore the question of ukraine's membership in nato is not only a matter of military or strategic calculations but also of political and diplomatic ones it requires careful dialogue and cooperation among all parties involved as well as respect for international law and human rights ultimately the goal should be to achieve peace and stability in europe and to prevent another world war from happening nato which has the alliance of 30 30 plus countries um, which was formed after world war ii they've expanded their membership and its missions including interventions in the balkans afghanistan libya and iraq Putin, who has been the president of Russia since 1999, sees NATO as a hostile and aggressive force that encircles and threatens his own country. He has actually accused NATO of violating promises made to Russia after the end of the Cold War, such as not expanding eastward or deploying missiles in Europe. He has also blamed NATO for supporting the revolutions in Georgia and Ukraine that ousted pro-Russian leaders and brought pro-Western governments to power. Now, to be honest, I really don't think anyone trusts Putin at this point because he has said so many things and gone back on his word many, many times. So basically, for him to say that NATO violated their promise, Putin has violated many, many promises. Kuhn's opposition to NATO is driven by a mix of strategic, ideological, and personal factors. Strategically, he wants to preserve Russia's influence and interest in its neighboring regions, such as the Caucasus, Central Asia, and Eastern Europe. He also wants to prevent NATO from gaining access to Russia's borders, resources, and markets. Ideology, he views NATO as a tool of Western domination and interference in the internal affairs of sovereign states. He also sees NATO as a rival to his vision of a multipolar world order, where Russia is a major player and a counterweight to the US. Personally, he resents NATO for undermining his authority and legitimacy at home and abroad. He also fears that NATO could inspire or support regime change in Russia as it did in other countries. And you know what? Honestly, Russia does need a regime change. When you think about it, Russia is really a third world country run by mobsters that's the only way to describe it you have a country where only the top few are benefiting and they're you know taking funds from the government they have all their personal contracts and everything where the monies are coming to them but so basically if you don't live in moscow and if you don't live in um, st petersburg then you are not considered wealthy and you're going to have a hard time living in russia the majority of the people in russia do not think for themselves, they have very low income, and they don't know any better. And Putin likes to keep it that way. He does not want his citizens of his country to know and be educated and to understand that he is stealing from them. And this is why he had to throw Nalini in jail because Nalini was the one who exposed Putin's So in response to NATO's expansion and activities, Putin has taken several measures to counter and deter the Alliance. He has increased Russia's military spending and modernization, especially its nuclear arsenal and its anti-access area denial capabilities. He has also conducted frequent military exercises and drills near NATO's borders sometimes even violating the airspace or waters of NATO members. He has also supported separatist movements and armed groups in countries like Moldova, Georgia, and Ukraine, creating frozen conflicts that destabilize the region and prevent their integration into NATO. He has also used cyber attacks, propaganda, and disinformation campaigns to undermine NATO's cohesion and credibility. Now, Putin's anti-NATO stance is unlikely to change in the near future as he faces his own domestic challenges such as economic stagnation, social unrest, and political opposition. He may even use NATO as a scapegoat and a rallying point for his nationalist and conservative base. He may also seek to exploit any divisions or weaknesses within NATO, such as the transatlantic risks over trade, defense spending, or even Iran. However, he also may be open to dialogue and cooperation with NATO on some issues of common interest, such as counterterrorism, arms control, or climate change. But I think honestly, with what he's done with Ukraine and people are now starting to open up their eyes to Putin, I think honestly, he's gonna be more of a pariah. He's been a pariah since the beginning of the war and I think as the war has progressed, I don't see as many people dealing with Putin as they did before. Like even with the BRICS summit, that was ha- that is happening in August. At first, Putin was gonna go, But now South Africa is actually saying, you know what? We're advising him not to come here for the BRIC summit. And if he does come here, we will be arresting him. Now, a year ago, I don't think they would have said that. A year later, which is now, now they're saying, you know what, we're gonna honor the agreement. If he does make a visit here, we will be arresting him. Nevertheless, it needs to be noted that if Ukraine had been made a member all those years ago we would not be facing the crisis we are in now since Putin would not have invaded at all. We must remember that during this time there has been a shift to see whose side one is on. It is interesting to note that those that side with Russia are either all in or claim to be doing so quietly. Or even deny in the face of others. But we also must remember that a wolf can always be in sheep's clothing, and karma does have a way of showing justice. Even though Russia is having its own problems right now, even though Iran has their own inconsistencies, and even though China is going through its own issues, we must remember that payback comes back tenfold. And as far as I'm concerned, these Ukrainian members of the armed services have more than proved that they will be a valuable asset to NATO. All we need to do is just give them a chance. Thanks for listening to Lou's Lips and until next time.